Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Inside Health Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Keyes. One of the things that we pride ourselves in here at this podcast and at CHI St. Joseph is preventative medicine. We offer many screenings across multiple disciplines of medicine and know that it can help improve your overall health and well-being. That being said, COVID-19 has left us kind of wondering, should I still get screened? Is going to the hospital or medical facilities to get screened still safe for me or my family members? So today we hope to answer some of those questions and specifically through the lens of our cancer screenings and treatments with our very own radiation oncologist, Dr. Jamie Pawalski. Recently joining CHI St. Joseph Health Medical Group, Dr. Pawalski graduated from Texas A&M University with a bachelor's degree in biomedical sciences and received a doctorate in medicine at University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. She completed her preliminary year in internal medicine at Baylor Scott and White Hospital in Temple and then served as chief resident in radiation oncology for one of the only cancer centers that is designated as a National Cancer Institute in South Texas. That, of course, is the Mays Center Cancer Center, part of the UT Health San Antonio MD Anderson Cancer Center. Dr. Pawalski has received numerous awards, has collaborated on publications, and is involved in several professional affiliations. When not saving lives and helping her helping people with their cancer treatment options, her interests include horseback riding, running, and yoga. Dr. Pawalski, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I, I look forward to this episode. You know, I believe that every person in the world has probably been touched by cancer's wrath in some way. So I really believe this episode will be helpful for many. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, before we get started, I always like to start off with a little bit of a fun question and ask an kind of unrelated question first. So in your bio, I mentioned that you enjoy horseback riding. So how does one get into horseback riding? I mean, realistically, let's say I wanted to start tomorrow. What is my first step? Like buy a horse? Um, no, I do not recommend buying a horse. They are a very <laughs> expensive habit hobby to get into. But um, no, I, uh, I started, I grew up with horses kind of on a, on a farm. I would, uh, it wasn't our farm, but I would go out and work every summer and I love them as most or many little girls do. And unfortunately that horse bug has just never left me. <laughs> so um, okay. My if you want to go get started riding, Hey, just go find somebody that has a horse. <laughs> That's what I recommend. Okay. okay. So do you have a horse now? I do not. No, sir. Oh, okay. So I just got to find someone who has a horse. Exactly. Not sorry. I can't help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I um, appreciate the little fun there in the beginning and um, answering those questions. So let's dive into cancer screenings and, and what they look like today. Can you talk a little bit about cancer screenings in general? You know, what are they? Why are they critical in treatment, diagnosis of cancer, all of that? Absolutely. So um, cancer screenings are various tests that increase the chances of detecting cancer. And, and they importantly detect cancer at an earlier stage when it could be easier to treat. And it's important to keep in mind that we're talking about screening here and screening tests look for cancer in people who do not have symptoms. These tests are different from, from tests your doctor might uh, order for you if you're symptomatic. Uh, for example, if you have a lump in the breast or blood in the stool. And so screening is in those individuals that uh, do not have any signs or symptoms. They're critical to diagnose cancer just because they catch it early. And that's key. Yeah, that can save a lot of lives for sure. I know that I've personally, <clears throat> not myself, has had cancer, but I know that I've had several family members who have died from it. So 
Um, you know, I, I wish that uh, some of them had been more uh, diligent about their screenings or being with their doctors. So I know that it can save many lives and, and you're, you're, you're talking to that is, is helpful. So thank you. <clears throat> what are the most common cancer screenings that are available? And, and, and when is it recommended that the patient gets screened? That's a great question. And depending on what national organization you look at, some of the ages and recommended intervals of screening can vary. So as a radiation oncologist, I prefer to use the American Cancer Society guidelines. For example, breast cancer, that's a very common uh, type of cancer with screening available for women. And so per the American Cancer Society, women aged 40 to 44 should have the choice to be able to start with mammograms, the most common screening tool if they wish to do so. But women aged 45 to 54 should get them every year. Age 55 and older can start switching to every two years and the screening should continue as long as the woman is in good health. Other, other types of uh, cancer screening that's available is screening for colorectal cancer. According to the American Cancer Society, if you have an average risk of developing colorectal cancer, then they recommend starting screening at age 45. Now this type of screening can be done various ways. It can be done with a test that simply looks for signs of cancer in a person's stool. And that is actually something that can be done at home. Or you could do a colonoscopy, which is a more invasive procedure that should be done at various intervals, depending on what they find. But in general, starting around age 45, and if you're in good health, continuing through age 75. Older than that, talk to your healthcare provider. Other others cancer screening that is important is cervical cancer screening in women. This should start at age 25 uh, per the American Cancer Society and go through age 65. And the interval varies tremendously with a lot of nuances. So that would be talking to a healthcare professional about, about HPV and cervical cancer screening. Also, something that tends to be overlooked is actually lung cancer screening. So for People that are at high risk for lung cancer, so that means typically a smoking history, so either currently smoking or quit smoking within the last 15 years, and you have to have a certain amount of uh, smoking, per, you know, smoking history uh, that has a little bit of nuances associated with it. But if you're fit within that criteria and you're age 55 to 74, there is a lung cancer screening with a low dose CT scan that is recommended as well. So those are typically the types of cancer screenings that we're talking about. Okay. That's super helpful information, and um, um, thank you for sharing that. I kind of, out of my own kind of personal curiosity, then does genetics play a role in, in maybe when those might get shifted if someone has a, a family history that is, I guess, more prevalent in cancer? Absolutely. So, for example, with breast cancer, I mean, if if you have a family member that was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, you need to start getting a first degree family member. It's recommended you start getting screened 10 years prior to that. Along those same lines, depending on other genetic predisposing conditions or family history, maybe you start a colorectal screening earlier. So that's definitely a, a discussion with uh, your healthcare provider to figure out when you need to start. These that I just talked about with the ages are, recommendations for average risk individuals. Right. Right. So it's important when you are filling out all of that paperwork, when you go to see your physician and it talks about family history, try to fill it out as accurately as possible is what you're saying. 
Exactly. Um, okay, so what do you, you know, as a physician, want your patients to know about screenings and, and what they tell you? So screenings are very important to catch cancers at an early stage. And as a doctor that treats cancers, that's important because catching them at an early stage means that number one, the treatments are easier. And number two, patients tend to be more curable. Cancer screenings tell me valuable information. And if you get them regularly, I as a doctor can see how things change over time, which can also sometimes influence treatment. Yeah, definitely. So if you, you know, even if you don't have a family history, but if you're in that age bracket for someone who's at average risk, like your doctor said, make sure you're going down and getting your screens. Okay, so should patients always follow the recommended screening protocols? Or are there maybe some exceptions? So there's definitely exceptions to every rule in medicine. I think it's an individualized approach. Um, I think we're alluding to the COVID uh, era that we're in right now. So in general, the answer is yes, people should continue to follow the recommended screening protocol, but it should be on a very customized basis. And that does include discussion with your own healthcare provider. Yeah, certainly. That's one of the things that's nice, you know, uh, making sure you have a great relationship with your physician and discussing all of the things that are very specific to your medical needs. So um, it's a good point there. Now, due to COVID-19 and and everything that's really kind of involved with that, should the general population postpone cancer screenings to maybe a future date? Right. Yes. I think that is a very important question. And it's not an easy blanket statement to say that applies to everybody. But I would encourage people to continue to get screened for cancer while taking the appropriate precautions for COVID-19. Regular cancer screening is still important. If you have a cancer that is occult and not symptomatic, it's not going to go away. So if you had an appointment for screening that was postponed or canceled, you should talk to your healthcare team about when to reschedule. And your provider can discuss with you the risks and benefits of being screened now or postponing to a later date, taking into account your own personal history, family history, and other risk factors. You know, and the other thing is that you might have different options for screening. So I mentioned before how there's a method of screening for colorectal cancer that can be done at home. Perhaps that's something that if you've never done before, you might entertain uh, in this era that we're living in right now. Yeah, you know, I, I also know that the virus tends to kind of have more of a significant impact on those, you know, with other other comorbidities. Is there a population that should consider postponing screening cancer or, or otherwise? Right. So there is still an individualized decision, but there is a population that tends to be at increased risk of poor outcomes should they contract COVID-19. And those tend to be people who are immunocompromised or have an underlying lung condition it really is weighing the risks of going in to get screened versus the benefits of potentially finding an early cancer. And that is something that you need to talk with your healthcare provider about. The other piece of this too, is that you notice there's typically an age range in the cancer screening guidelines and the people that are most susceptible to COVID-19 tend to be elderly. And that's not the population we're talking about for screening. Right, right. What are the risks associated with postponing cancer screening? Let's say, you know, someone who maybe didn't hear this podcast and didn't really quite understand that or, or didn't really maybe have the conversation with their physician like you spoke and or didn't have that kind of relationship with them. And they felt, you know, I'm just going to postpone it. What, what are some of the, the risks that might be associated with that? 
The major risk is letting a cancer go undetected and allowing it to progress such that it spreads. And when it spreads, it can make the cancer more difficult to treat. The treatment can become more intense and sometimes it's just not treatable. And it is hard if, uh, if that person was maybe caught at an earlier stage with a screening, that is, uh, what could have potentially saved them. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I know it's important for many people to try to get all those screens done. So what have you seen change the most in your specialty since COVID pandemic has begun? So I treat cancer in patients who have either been screened or who developed symptoms that led to a diagnosis of cancer. And uh, patients with cancer still need to be treated. Postponing treatment can still allow the cancer to grow and spread. So what I do with radiation, it requires the patients to physically come in for treatment. This, what I do is not something that can be done at home. So we are still seeing and treating people with cancer. And the main thing that's changed is that we're taking extra precautions to protect people from community transmission of COVID-19 by screening them at the door, uh, taking a temperature. We are cleaning our clinic and sanitizing surfaces more regularly. The other thing is that, unfortunately, we have limited visitors, which is a precaution to keep the general population safe. So while oftentimes the entire family wants to come in for their first visit to discuss uh, their diagnosis and treatment of cancer, we um, are only allowing one family member at a time with the patient. But there are still ways to let everybody listen in on the conversation, uh, such as a a video call or phone call. Um, and we do that quite often as well. That's good to hear. Yeah. You know, it's great. I've, uh, one of the things that I've, I've talked to a lot of physicians about on, on this, uh, um, on this podcast has been the use of technology and how it has really actually helped a lot of physicians, family members, um, nurses, all uh, the whole medical community has really embraced technology and it being able to communicate with, uh, the patients and, and their medical needs. So it's, it's been a great, thing to see uh, that uh, we've been able to adapt the way we have. Now, what do you want your patients to, to most know about the care going there? They might receive from going to you or your team, especially during this uncertain time. I mean, or I guess really also during the normal times. We are a community. We will individualize your care the same way as screenings, but also with treatment of cancer. We will do our best to protect you from COVID-19 and we will treat you like a family member at the same time, still applying the cutting edge technology and cancer care, uh, applying the groundbreaking studies and all of that makes for excellent cancer outcomes. Yeah, that's good to hear. So if you if you uh, have some screens you need to get done, it sounds like the first thing you should do is make sure you're talking with your physician about uh, when that when that should happen. Um, maybe maybe talk to them about what risks you may be at. But uh, most importantly, if you are if you if you have anything that you need from our uh, wonderful physician, Dr. Pavalski, uh, they're going to provide a great quality, compassionate care for you. Now. I have one last question for you, and it's a fun one, kind of like how we started off the podcast. And in sticking with the horseback riding theme, and considering that tomorrow is the Kentucky Derby, <laughs> um, you know, what is your win play show for the horses of the race? <laughs> I don't know who's competing in the Kentucky Derby this year. Mm-hmm. I was there last year, but I, I, uh, um, I don't even know because they delayed it from May this year. 
I, so I, I always go with just whatever the names are. So, I, well, and I also looked at the odds too, but I'm going with Tis the Law, <laughs> Authentic, and NY Traffic. Just NY Traffic sounded like, um, actually, NY Traffic sounds like they probably be in last place with how much traffic there probably is. But uh, that's oh, you what know what? I'm gonna bet on I'm gonna bet on the one with the worst odds because that seemed to be the winner last year. Is that what that's it was? What I would do. Okay, I was in uh, Kentucky doing the Derby for the first time ever, and uh, the horse that had the worst odds ended up winning. But then there was an issue because they said that it was not. It was it was an interesting Kentucky Derby last year. Anyway, oh. I don't have any thing to tell you for that so that's okay that's fine it's always i always like to have a fun question at the end yeah um oh well thank you so much dr bavalski for taking the time to do this today and you know i think thank you like i said i think this will help many people understand the importance of screenings and you know both during the pandemic and in general so uh but but before we go is there anything else you'd like to say no, uh, you know, before we go, I do want to just remind everybody screenings are when you don't have any problems. If you have anything that is concerning you, anything that's new or unusual that makes you feel different about your body, I would go in and get that checked out. That's not something to postpone either besides just the screenings. Yeah, definitely. Listen to your body and, and follow the screening schedule and be very communicative with your physician. So, well, thank you so much for doing this. And thank you, listeners. Uh, stay tuned. We're more episodes to come. And uh, don't forget to hit subscribe. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.